Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're on our third uh, message, week 3 of Built to Last series. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 can you read this out loud? We're going to read verses 9 through verses 15 together. This is written to the church by the Apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to the church of Corinth, which was a very spiritual people. And I want us to read this all together. Ready? Let's start in verse 9 out of the New King James Version we're reading today. You can look on your screens if you don't have that, and let's read together. Ready? Read. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, and you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another man builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. Lord, we pray as we open your word today that you would teach us not only how to build our lives spiritually, but God, you would teach us, Lord, to do it the right way, to do it your way, to follow your plans so that we can not only build something, but we can build it to last eternally in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. Amen. Let me tell you, God just doesn't only want us to be built. He wants us to be built to last. We are actually eternal beings i know we talk about god being eternal but listen we're eternal we're going to live uh, see this body at some point is going to die you'll stop breathing but you didn't cease to exist you're going to continue to live your spirit is going to continue to live eternally it's going to continue to live in heaven or it's going to continue to live in hell it's going to be either really good for you or really bad for you and so right now, what we're doing and the decisions that we make in this anywhere from, you know, uh, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 year old life that's here on this earth, these decisions even count eternally how, etern how our eternity is going to be in our lives. And so it's important that when we build, it's not just building a spiritual foundation, but it's how we build those things. When you look at a life that's successful in God's eyes, people don't like to talk about success, but let me tell you, God wants you to have a successful life the way that he views success. When you look at a life that's successful in God's eyes, one that's really built to last, you see that he, the word of God parallels two things over and over. One is cultivating a field, and two is building a building. 
You know, when Jesus said, he said to the big crowd, all things come in parables. In other words, parables would be like parallels. They'd be something that would come right alongside something you do know and can relate to, to teach you something spiritual that you can't see and that you don't know. And so he would use something because everybody lives in a building or is in a building like this building here today. Or, and also, this was a, an, you know, a, a cult of people that would be in agriculture, so they would understand fields and farming and things like that. By the way, are you cold today? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, 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 they've worked on that, and so it's, it's coming. So if you come to second service, you'll be warm. I'm just kidding. No, it's, uh, they're working on that. I just saw someone put on their jacket, and I thought, okay, and just cuddle up next to someone's well, I guess social distance. Okay, social distance. I'm sorry. Um, cultivating a field and building a building. Well, what does that mean? A successful life, when the Bible compares uh, building a life to a building a building or cultivating a field, what does it mean? It means a successful life is a process. See, a lot of times we want a successful life to be like fast food. We want it to be a miracle. We want it to be Jesus transforms your life and bam, the rest of your life, all decisions are made. So a successful life, according to the Lord, is a process. It doesn't just happen on its own. Can we just pray about it and let God solve all this stuff? No. That's why he says it's like building a building. It's like planting a field. It requires work. It requires cultivation. You can't just be born into success with the Lord. Well, you can, you can spiritually be born again, and that makes you, again, uh, you have heaven as your home, but you can't just say, well, everything's built and everything's taken care of because I've been born again. You aren't granted it by uh, winning the lottery or by some supernatural happenstance where someone just says, oh, I got a Holy Ghost goosebump. Oh, I was in some experience. I got prophesied over, so my whole life is going to be okay. That's not true. Maybe for that moment, maybe for that week, you're on a spiritual high. But I've seen some people take the most spiritual highs. And in two weeks, they were back down on their lowest spiritual lows. You ever been there before? Yeah. Because it won't, an experience won't keep you in a certain place. It has to be built. It has to be cultivated. It requires work. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 and 4 says this. Through wisdom... A house is built. By understanding, it's established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Notice wisdom, understanding, and knowledge causes a house to be built, causes it to be established, and causes it to be filled. God's way of success has to be built one brick at a time. One decision at a time. So today I want to talk about for a few minutes, you are God's building. You are God's building. And there's four things that are required that I'm going to point out here that are required to build a building. And, and number one is this, buildings require plans and permits. Number two is buildings require a contractor and a crew. Number three, buildings require durable material. And number four, buildings require a timeline and a budget. If you take out any one of those things, your, your project's going to get turned over. You need all of those things in order to succeed. You are God's building. Can you just say that? I'm God's building. 
So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, For we are God's fellow workers, even though the, the Corinthians church was filled with the Spirit, they moved in the gifts of the Spirit. But he says, hey church, you spiritual church, you're, you're carnal. I can't speak to you about spiritual things. And he, here's how he said you're carnal, not because they were all sleeping with one another. It was because of this. It was because some stood up and said, I'm of Apollos. I'm of Paul. I'm of this and I'm of that. And they begin to take sides to be something and to be separate. Listen, the body of Christ and maturity always brings together. It doesn't ever posture and say, this is who I am. Because at the end of the day, he said, uh, I, you know, I watered, Apollos, you know, planted, I watered, but God brings the increase. God is the one who brings the increase. We all are wrapped around this foundation of Jesus Christ. So he says, we are God's fellow workers. What is he saying? We're all working together. Paul, Apollos, you, me, we're all working together. Carnal people divide and argue about some of these things. He, but he goes on and says, you are God's field. And that's where he says with the agriculture, you are God's building. And that's what I want to talk about. You are God's building. Can I tell you, you are God's project. <laughs> have you ever wanted to be a project <laughs> you know you see someone and they go that's my project you know sometimes it's a spouse and they're joking around and go well, I'm still working on him that's my project that's my special project or maybe a, a, a daughter or a son they say that's my special project I'm still, they still need a lot of work how many would say I'm still a, you're still a project right we're all still projects we need some special work listen we're God's project aren't you glad that God claims you and he says I'm still working on you um Ephesians 2.10 says that we're his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God's prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there's four things that are required to build. Number one is this. Building, re, buildings require plans and permits. Jeremiah 29.11 says this. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Listen, God's saying this to you. I know God said this to these people, but God believes the same with us today. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. When I first read that, I remember one day I was reading that and I thought, just the fact that God thinks about me blows me away. He has so many other things to think about. But he says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Let me tell you, God thinks peaceful thoughts about you. God thinks future. God has a specific design for every day of your life. For every moment of your life. I remember one day there was a, a, a friend that I had, a gentleman that I had. He was an older, older than me. And uh, he went to Bible school. He really felt a calling of God on his life. And he studied and he graduated. And then he got out and he went to go get into the ministry. And it just wasn't a good fit. He didn't feel like that's where he was supposed to be. So what did he do? He went into business, went back into business and he's still in business today after 30 years. And he's very, very successful at what he does. Very successful at what he does. But can I tell you, that guy, Ed, reaches more people for Jesus than just about anybody I know. Because in business, out in the field, he's a minister. Listen, ministers aren't always right in the church. In fact, the majority of ministers, you're a minister wherever you are. God's called doctors to be ministers. He's called, he's called uh, uh, grocery store workers to be ministers, people, phone operators to be ministers. He's called children's workers to be ministers, teachers to be ministers. And this guy's a businessman, and he's out there, and as he's talking to clients and they respect him, he's talking to them about Jesus. And can I tell you, he found his fit. He found his blueprint. He found his ministry. 
He found his grace. Buildings require plans and they re per, uh, require permits. I know that we want to tell little Johnny, we want to tell our kids, when you grow up, you can be anything you want to be. It's just not true. You can't be anything you want to be. Why? Because in your mother's womb, God already knitted you and purposed you to be something specific. What you need to tell your sons and your daughters, and if you're young, what you need to know is this. You'll be successful in the things of the Lord if you'll find out at an early age what it is that God made you for. Why did God put you on this earth and begin to go after those things at an early age? Number two, buildings require a contractor and crews. You know, I don't know very many people who have a, a, a thought of building a house or a building or something and they just say, I'm just going to do it all myself. Are you kidding me? How long is it going to take? You know how to do it all? I'm just going to do it all. I'm going to do the architecture. I'm going to do the flooring. I'm going to do the foundation. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, they, they don't do it all alone. They need a crew. They need a team. They need legal people. They need, they need uh, builders in every way. They need finishers. It says in verse 10 here, in Corinthians, it says, According to the grace of God, Paul writes, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds upon it. Notice he says, according to the grace of God as a wise master builder. See, in order to function in a calling, you have to have a grace on your life. You can't just pick, choose to be an apostle or choose to be a prophet or choose to be a pastor or choose to be whatever you are. You have to have the grace of God, the calling of God on your life. And Paul said that the grace was on his life to be an apostle. And so according to that grace that was given to me, and as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundations. See, in the church, all across the world, apostles lay foundations. Apostles are the ones that come in. They don't just play some role to go start a church and then leave. They walk in and they lay down doctrinal foundations and make sure that those foundations are laid down, which is really Jesus Christ. That they're laid down and people have a solid foundation so that whatever's built upon it can be built with a firm foundation underneath. So Paul said, as an apostle, I've laid this firm foundation I've laid this doctrine. They don't come up with, apostles don't come up with their own doctrine, but they establish doctrine on Jesus, on the word of God. Remember in Acts 2.42 where the Bible says that after they were filled with the Holy Spirit that these guys continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. It was something that was laid down as a foundation. God places people, that's every one of us, God places people in a church with people to help you and other believers be built together. People say, I don't really need a church. Well, that's not true. That's why we're called the body of Christ. We're supposed to fit together. You're supposed to come together as believers. Excuse me. You're supposed to come together, and we're supposed to come together as believers to love one another, exhort one another, encourage one another, build one another up. You're supposed to have people that will pour into your life, speak into your life, sometimes bring correction into your life. And you have to be able to help it and receive it just like you'd walk out into a building project. Would you ever walk in and say there, it needs no correction ever? If it needs no correction, it's going to fall down at some point. Listen, we should love correction and alignment and making sure that things are right because it helps us to stand strong and to be solid. God places us in a church with people to help you, other believers to be built together. 
when you're building uh, a trade, you know, when you're in a building, you don't have to be good at everything you're doing. I, um, what you do is you find contractors who are licensed in a particular area to do particular work. If you want flooring done, if you want hardwood flooring done, you wouldn't go find a drywall person to do hardwood flooring. You'd find a person who specializes in flooring to do flooring. I remember when we were uh, looking into that room right in there, and that room had a lot of challenges, and I probably had at least a dozen people say, there's no way that we could use that floor that's in there. We're going to have to tile over it. We're going to have to carpet over it. And, um, and uh, you know, someone came in, the right person came in and said, I know a guy. And he knew the right guy who came in who all over Memphis does these kinds of floors and does this. And he came in and he fixed the floor. And that's a, that's a 105-year-old, 107-year-old floor that's still sitting in there. But because someone knew what they were doing. Listen, you may have issues and things that you're going through that you don't know how to solve. But God will surround you with people who can help you with that. But if we can't humble ourselves to think we need any help. I don't need the church. It's just me and Jesus. Well, then you're going to be at loss. Not that Jesus can't give you everything you need, but listen, he gives you everything you need by giving you people. He gives you people. Can't tell you how many times I've been in life and I've said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I ask you for answers. And someone that day texted me. Someone that day called me. Someone that day came up and shared. Can I share something with you? Shared something. And right in the middle of their story, I realized that's, that was the answer to what I prayed this morning. Ever happened to you? Yeah. But if we don't gather together as believers, that's what the church is for. If we don't gather together as believers or think we need one another, we'll miss out on those things. You don't do all the building yourself, but you are still stewards of your own building. It says here, let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay except that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ, which is Jesus Christ. Remember Ephesians said that he's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints. What is he saying? Jesus has given you the gift of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and the church itself to bless you, to equip you, to help you in your, to have scaffolding, so to speak, around your building so that you can go up and become better and become stronger and become solid for the Lord. But if you don't trust people, if you've lost your trust, I've heard so many people say, I've lost my trust in the church. Well, I'll tell you who's going to be at loss. You are. You're going to have to learn to trust again. And if you don't trust this church or a particular church you're in, find one that you trust and open up your heart. Here's, the, here's how you know which one you can trust. Ask the Lord where you're supposed to be. He's the one who knows. Church leaders have certain callings and roles that they flow in. Everybody doesn't flow in the same one. And things have to be built in order at certain floors and levels. There are doctrinal things that need to be built in our lives, beliefs that have to be established in our lives. We can't just walk out and say, I'm saved, now I have it all together. Listen, there are beliefs. Doctrines are like beliefs. They're things that we put our faith on and we're solid on and we have to lay those foundations. Ministers are like building contractors with restricted permits to build only on the prescribed foundation. Ministers can't just say what their, their opinion is. You know what I think? I think, you know, brother, I don't care what you think. I want you to preach the word of God. 
Because when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, what you think is going to come and go. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Now, I do want to know what they think about the word of God, right? And I do want to know how they interpret that situation. But if it's just some random thing and, and we don't come back to the word of God, I think we're going to be missing something. Foundation, listen, foundation determines the original design. Whenever, whenever you have a building, you lay that foundation, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and then that determines the original design of the building. You can't just keep building and say, you know, I, I don't agree with the foundation. I'm just going to keep building. That's where you get off. You get outside of what the word of God says. In architecture, originality goes into the floor plan. So in the, go in the gospel, no man has authored original revelation but only god and the father's wise plan through the son's willing disobedience or through the son's willing obedience by the holy spirit's powerful working a person cannot bring revelation outside of the boundary of what jesus christ has already established in other words um uh, someone i remember came up and said to me just not too long ago they said hey i have this revelation that i just i just heard from this guy but you won't find this in the bible and I said, whoa, 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 <laughs> what is it? Is it uh, Joseph Smith <laughs> in the, you know? <laughs> See, that's how, that's how you get off into these other things and cults and things. You won't find this in the Bible. What is he saying? You, you're not going to find. See, there's something higher than that. There's something. No, the foundation is Jesus Christ and what he's already laid. Now, it may be something that you've never seen it that way, but the revelation that we have, the understanding that we have, the illumination that we have is always going to be found back in Scripture. It's always going to be found back. God will never disagree with his word. He's written it. He'll never disagree. So we need to make sure that we come back to his word. Buildings require contractors and crew. That's why he's put us in the church for the gifts. Number three, buildings require durable material that suits the purpose and weather conditions. He says in verse 12, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, and it would actually be a refining process, one would actually burn up and kind of go back into the dust, right? And he's saying the burning process is going to happen to all of it, but what you actually establish as material is going to uh, make the difference after the fire. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. Can you say fire? And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Listen, something that we need to know, our spiritual buildings, we are spiritual beings. We are not physical beings. We are spiritual beings. Spiritual beings require spiritual material. The material that we build our lives upon are spiritual. Jesus said, again, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. John 6, 63, he said, God's word is spiritual. It's living. It's eternal. You have to use spiritual, durable material in order to build solid. Gold, silver, and precious stones to teach sound doctrine and live a life that holds fast to the truth leads people to spiritual maturity and strength. To teach strong doctrine and to live the life behind it, how to do those things behind it, teaches them. But 
That's the gold, silver, and precious stones. But to build with perishable material is to bring inadequate or unsound teaching and to compromise the truth of the word of God by living a life that doesn't back it up. Only the word of God built into our lives, the strength of the word of God built into our lives is what can create a solid life. The book of Psalms 119 verse 111 says, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. Your word I've hidden that I might not. You can build on the foundation of Jesus but stay spiritually, but, but not stay with spiritually durable material. The building has to match up with the foundation. Fire will test what's being built. If you build with the wrong material, it will burn up. You wouldn't cook something on an open fire in like a straw pot. Why? Because the straw pot will burn up. You'd cook in a metal pot. And you have to use material that's going to endure the fire. It's not tempered for that. The things that we build our lives upon will become tested. That's why at church, I will constantly stress the importance of daily reading the Bible. It's not to get you into heaven. Can I tell you this? If you're born again and you never read your Bible the rest of your life, you'll still go to heaven. The Bible reading will not get you. Prayer, it will not get you into heaven. The grace of God, the cross of Jesus Christ gets you into heaven. Right? That's what gets you. It's not your works. It's not what you do right or not what you do wrong that gets you into heaven. It's Jesus' blood and receiving him that gets you into heaven. But the daily reading of God's word, the daily prayer, the daily journaling, the daily listening to God's word, memorizing scripture, getting into discipleship classes. Why do we do that constantly as a church? Because this is how you build your life. This is how I build my life. This is how we constantly are building is we're having to think we, we, we are spirit, we have a soul and we live in a body, but we have to think about our spirit and how do I build myself spiritually? It's important to do that. In college, I remember... I had a paper that I had to write, and, uh, and, and, and I, I remember putting it off until about a week, the last week. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I've done that once or twice. And I got to the last week, and I, was, I put off this paper, but I remember I wish I hadn't because I spent so, I mean, I spent hours and hours and hours. I spent several days on this paper, and I got to it. Oh, and I finally got it done. And I turned it in, and I realized that when I turned it in, I was moving fast because I was in a bit of a, you know, and I, and I reported on the wrong chapter. And the teacher said, oh, that's not even the right report. And I said, oh, I probably, I mean, I, I probably spent 15 plus hours on that thing. And I said, are you kidding me? Well, can it count for something? I'm sorry, it's, the, it's just on the wrong chapter. I invested my time into that thing. I wanted to tell him, that's so insensitive of you. No, he, he, he told me what to invest in. I just took, I, I, I mistook effort and activity for making sure that I was on the right assignment. And I think that sometimes we can want to do things for God and we're on the wrong project. We realize we're wasting our time. Jesus said, many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we? And he lists all these projects and things that they've done. Those were even spiritual projects, but maybe they weren't their spiritual projects. He says, I never knew you. 
I never knew you. It's important to be linked up and to know what God has for us and to walk those things out. And then number four, buildings require a timeline and a budget. A timeline and a budget. Nobody likes that budget thing or that timeline thing, but it's, it's a necessary part. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. If it endures, what does that mean? It means after it's been tested by fire, if it's like, hey, you built with the right materials, you did it the right way, it's tested. If it endures, you're going to receive a reward. It says, but if anyone's work is burned, he'll, he'll, receive, he'll suffer a loss. Uh, and, and, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. Listen, uh, we're all on a timeline. Every one of us, whether you like it or not, you're on a timeline. We all think that life's going to be forever, but it's not. Today could be the last day. I mean, I'm not a doomsdayer to say today's the last day, but today could be. This week could be our last week. How would we live if it were our last week? We're all on a timeline. We only get one life to live. And this scripture, as I finished my notes, um, this scripture popped up in my heart, and I wanted to read it to you, and I believe the Lord wants us to, to hear this today. Listen, Ephesians 5.15 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Church, the days are evil. Walk the right way. Focus on what you're supposed to focus on. Don't mess around. It's not time to slack off. He says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine or with anything that intoxicates you, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Listen, speaking to one another in Psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. What is he saying? Instead of getting alone and getting drunk, get with other people and talk about the good things of God. Get with other people and rejoice in the Lord. Otherwise, you're being selfish and you're just thinking about your own stuff and it's, it's, it's not going to get you anywhere. Giving thanks always to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. All of our work and our investments, listen, will be tested. Every one of our works, everything that we invest our time, our talent, our money into will be tested. The things of Christ are the things that are going to last. Other things won't. Jesus, remember Jesus said, lay up treasure which is in heaven where moth and rust won't destroy. Remember Paul said, this is how I run my life, for the upward call. For the upward call. Remember, the disciples right toward Jesus, end of Jesus' life, said, do you want to go over and do this? He said, no, the purpose I'm supposed to, is, the purpose I'm here for is to go do this. I mean, he, he was very defined in what he was called to do. And I believe that in order to be the people God's called us to be, in order to build our lives into the people God's called us to be, we have to be very defined. Walk circumspectly. Don't get drunk. Don't get fuzzy. Why? Because our life is but for a moment. It's just for a time. Don't even get yourself in guilt, condemnation, feeling like, oh, I'm just a loser. Okay, stop being a loser. Get up. Start being who God's called you to be today. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Move forward. This week was a hard week for my family, a hard week for 
the church family I came from, The Rock, because we lost a very dear friend of ours in a bicycle accident. He was a worship leader. He was someone that I remember him walking into church, very, very talented guy, was a um, producer and studio stuff. And I remember um, seeing something in him that I remember one day talking with him and asking him if he would pray about laying aside what he was doing and coming and interning. He was a young man. Excuse me, coming and interning. I knew it was going to be really hard for him because he had a lot of things going on. He came back. He said, I think God wants me to do that. He served as an intern, ended up coming on staff, ended up being a leader, ended up being one of our worship leaders. We wrote a lot of songs together, spent a lot of time together, late nights together. And he was killed in a motor, or uh, excuse me, a bike accident on Monday. Just trails, things like that. A car hit him and devastating. Got got married two and a half weeks ago to someone that he's been dating for many years. And uh, uh, I mean, it just tore Tiffany and I up. Our heart was wrenched up. But you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me that this life is but for a moment. And I'll tell you, though I'm, my heart is aching this week. So hard for me this week. Tell you what I'm so happy about. He chose the right path. He decided to serve the Lord. He had all kinds of things he could have done. Very, very, very talented guy. Just recently, I mean, he, he was on staff at a church and he kind of stepped, stepped down from that and really stepped out into when the whole COVID thing hit. He, he helped out six to eight to ten churches he went around and would help them set up their live stream and help them set up all their stuff because he was just a really gifted talented guy and uh but love god with all of his heart and um i just i say that to say life and death the newborn baby and the friend going on out of this life it brings perspective on life. What is perspective? Perspective is when you close, you kind of close your eyes and you come back and open, open it again and see it, see it fresh again. I think when we can look at our lives and just close the lens on our lives and we come back and just look at it again and say, what's my life all about? We have fresh perspective. And let me invite you today as we close this service. Worship team, could you come up? Prayer team, could you come up? As we close this service, listen, just right where you are. Don't, 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 don't pass up this moment. Would you just close your eyes and say, Lord, would you give me fresh perspective on my life? Would you give me fresh perspective on what I'm all about? What my life was meant here, meant to be? who you've called me to be. Show me, Lord. Tell me, Lord. Make me who you've called me to be, we pray. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Podcast.